0: Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery of each of the 78 tarot cards. If you use a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, or a Thoth deck, or Mel's own Tabula Mundi deck, you've come to the right place. We love making this podcast, and we hope you love listening to it. But you should also know, that Fortune's Wheelhouse is more than the sound of our voices. We have a home on the web at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. Come and visit us there so you can experience the other part of this conversation, where we provide hundreds of written articles and explanations for even the most obscure concepts you'll hear on the show. If you sign up to be our patron at even the $1 level, you'll instantly gain access to all that information, which can be found nowhere else. And if you become a patron at the $3 level or higher, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways, like Natasha, who just won last week's giveaway. Congratulations, Natasha. This week, we're talking about the delightful Nine of Cups, the Lord of Happiness, otherwise known as the Card of Wishes. So, for this week's giveaway, our winner gets to make a wish. Blow out the candle, pick a number, toss a coin... Throw the dice. The prize is any single item from the Fortune's Wheelhouse Red Bubble store. We've got t-shirts, mugs, pillows, bags, notebooks, all kinds of cool stuff. You can check all of that out at www.redbubble.com/people/wheelhouse93/shop. And you can sign up for the drawing at our site, www.patreon.com/fortuneswheelhouse. In the meantime, we've got something to ask you. If you're loving Fortune's Wheelhouse and the fantastically geeky world of tarot we bring you each week, would you leave us a review on iTunes? You can write a couple sentences about why you dig this podcast, or you can just drop us five stars. We love that too. Leaving a review is something free you can do, which really helps us and also helps other people find the show. Being a practitioner of the esoteric arts can be a lonely business, so help us find the others and build our community. If you're on Facebook, you can also connect with other listeners at Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy, which is a page moderated by astral superheroes Darren, Naya, and Maria. Even now, over 150 listeners are sharing their love of esoteric tarot and planning a Fortune's Wheelhouse meetup for this fall. You could be one of them. And now, here's this week's episode. Welcome to the Nine of Cups, the Lord of Happiness or the Lord of Material Happiness, which is the Golden Dawn name. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, and it's funny that they call it material happiness, given that this is cups, not... not discs. Not discs. But at the same time, there is definitely a, a sort of a legacy historically for this being just a card of being generally successful in life and having things come to you. Everybody loves to see this card. I remember one time you had gotten... We we were doing like those haikus that were yeah that guessing was fun. games that was fun yeah yeah and and we had to try and guess what cards uh, each of us got and uh, and you did one one day you had gotten three of swords and nine of cups and it was like in retrospect completely obvious you did a great haiku about you know happiness and sorrow but I was like now what could that possibly be <laughs> but actually that's something interesting to do is to contrast this card with the three of swords, because that's Saturn and this is Jupiter. That's a three and this is a nine. That's so They have a connection there. Right. And that's air, the mind, and this is water emotions. So they really are kind of in a way, really polar opposites. Anyway, so here we are with the so-called card of wishes, the nine of cups. And as we were saying, it's Jupiter ruling the second decan of Pisces. So this is a bit of a double card in a way, because uh, classically, Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces. And as the greater benefic, we definitely see its effect here.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's very... Uh... Thrilled to be here. It's good all
0: around. It's expressing itself in the most positive way you can imagine. Uh, as abundance, as openness, as wish fulfillment. And complete satisfaction. Showering gifts down. <laughs> Jupiter's expansion, and
1: it's placed on the tree of life right in the middle pillar, right at the foundation of Be yeah. Where its ex- expansiveness can expand room, right? yeah, <laughs> in those astral realms.
0: And this is actually probably the best example of a of the most Jupiterian card, right? Like in the way that the four of cups was the most lunar card, this is the most Jupiterian card, because we haven't got a Jupiter and Sagittarius card. Right. We just have this. And it's, I think, it's the fullest and, and best expression
1: of the water suit, you know? Yes. It's the penultimate... Before that, and and, well, 10 is called Perfected Success. We'll get to that one next, and it has some pitfalls in it. Whereas this card is just the pure, the pure
0: emotional expression of joy. Right. And we often see with nine cards that they are the purest and most potent magical form of the expression of the suit. And this one's the best one we got. (laughs) Which kind of makes sense. You
1: know, nine as a number of completion. and birth, you know the, the yeah. gestation cycle.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. The so nine, the nine months in the womb, right? For something
1: to come to fruition.
0: So if you think about the other nines, you've you've got strength in wands, you've got happiness in cups, you've got cruelty in swords, and you have gain in discs. And you know of those, I think ultimately I would take happiness. You know, <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? Uh, you know, gain is great but ultimately what you want is what's more is important joy. is being happy yeah this is the card that everybody wants
1: one thing we didn't talk about in the last episode when we were going over the pisces symbolism is the glyph of pisces is the two fish right you know right. moving in different directions but kind of tied together with that crossbar mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. well there's a there's a mythology around that how the constellation Pisces of the two fish got its name and how it was derived, the symbol as well, and that it was Venus and Eros. So Eros was Venus's child. Mm -hmm. And Venus and Eros were taking their leisure on the banks of a a river or the ocean. I'm not sure which. And Typhon, probably the sea. Mm -hmm. Typhon, the monster, came up from the sea and frightened them. And so because of Venus's birth from the sea, she had the ability to change them into fishes oh. and they dove into the sea and She yoked her child to her with a with a rope or something to keep them together as they escaped Mm -hmm. from Typhon, and they were success. They successfully evaded him. um, Oh no! Without without a problem.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and that's supposedly why the two
0: fish are are roped together, as well as the fish being a symbol of luck or wealth in many different cultures.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of mythological stories about the fish granting wishes. Yes. You know, the 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 fisherman mm-hmm. catching a fish and getting, you know, his heart's desire. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: only he lets the fish go. If only he lets it go. <laughs> the right. talking fish usually. Yes, usually the talking fish. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Fishes as granters of wishes. And you know, that's kind of cool because fish in general were were thought to grant good things because of their dominion over the realm of the ocean, they had access to all the treasures of the sea. You know, the shipwrecked piles of gold and jewels and and hidden things under the sea were part of their domain. And so they had untold riches.
0: Yeah. And they look like treasure, too. You know, with their silver scales or gold scales or whatever. They look, you know, you can imagine glinting, looking through the ocean. Uh, Fish looks like something lucky. The time of year we're talking about, March 1st through March 10th, which may or may not include the leap day that precedes that. Right. The middle decan of Pisces, so it's
1: the most stable and fullest expression of the sign. Mm -hmm. Of a not very stable sign. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A mutable sign. Right. But here it has a moment of, you know, the potential of Pisces is, is this kind of
0: spiritual and sensual mm-hmm. enjoyment march beginning of march this is our in like a lion time which is sort of jupiterian you know <laughs>
1: sort of yeah i can see that
0: <laughs> yeah that's sort of uh, uh blustery at least in this part of the world blustery raw but with the with the scent of something uh something new And fresh coming in. And then we have uh, the associated majors being fortune, the wheel of fortune, and the moon. Mm. So the thing about the moon, of course, is that it is a bringer of good or ill fortune, depending on how it's aspected. And if it's an aspect to Jupiter, you can be pretty sure that that's that's a good good time. Right, Double Jupiter, in this case. There's even
1: something sexual about this card so it's not only material satisfaction it's not only good luck mm-hmm. and it is both of those to a huge degree mm-hmm. an emotional pleasure but it's also there's a sexual satisfaction here too mm-hmm. because of yisod um, being the yeah the Sephira yeah. of the generative organs right
0: <laughs> <laughs> the place where the magic happens <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah it's also interesting to think about the Jupiter card, the fortune card, as the outstretched palm of Kav, mm. and the moon as the back of the head. So, you know, um, well, on the one hand, you have the outstretched palm of cough there to receive the blessings of whatever right. the moon or, or to hand out the blessings. That's exactly. really interesting. It's
1: mm-hmm. almost as if the hand the palm is handing out the blessings that are from your subconscious your deepest desires from mm-hmm. what you you know what you most want that maybe you're not even aware of and here you mm. go
0: yeah the idea that your fondest wishes fulfilled in this way it's there for you to receive with
1: the hanged man story that we've been talking about so this makes me think of the the pleasures of water you know because water mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. essential in a very pleasurable thing and here we have you know the redemption the gift of water the the renewal of life you know water as the mother letter one of the mother letters the contents of the grail
0: yeah i'm just going through the real quick the other jupiter cards we have jupiter and in gemini interference or shortened force we have jupiter in leo uh victory we mm-hmm. have jupiter in libra truce and then Jupiter and Capricorn change. So um, the the difficult one is Jupiter and Gemini, but uh, because it's in detriment, Yeah. right. But um, but even that, but one even then, said to yeah.
1: prevail ultimately through you know yeah. the, the, the blessings of Jupiter <laughs> through the blessings of
0: Jupiter. Exactly, it's so, a temporary interference. That one, <laughs> right? So temporary interference, victory, truce, and change, and. Happiness, of which, of course, we see happiness as being the most positive expression of Jupiter as a Deccan ruler in the numeric minors. The best of the best. The best of the best. There's such a emphasis on both sort of the lunar qualities and the, and, and the Jupiter qualities as messengers of chance, you know, as, uh, as expressing through randomness and through you no know, virtue or vice of your own, you receive these things. Right. You know, uh, there's a, there's an unearned quality to the Nine of Cups, you know, maybe through previous karma, but there's there's a quality of it just happens. If you are sigilizing or working or trying to do magic for luck, I would choose this card. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because it's the card where you get your wish. Exactly. Let's see. Yesod of Hay. So this is the, um, Kabbalistically, Yesod is the Ninth Sephira, the Sephira of the Moon. And then it is uh, of Hey, the second letter of the divine name, or in Bria, the creative world. The, in a way, this card is kind of an analog for magic itself. For, I mean, for the kind of magic results magic probability. Yeah. Wish fulfillment. Yeah. So you go to Yasod, you, you, you go behind the curtain, you go mess around with a bunch of stuff, and then you try and get a result, <laughs> you know, and that's preferably the way that it happens, um, in your subconscious which is of course a a pisces lunar uh moon moon card type thing you yeah so so if you imagine what we do in magic we basically assume that all things are possible which is related to the moon card but that we have a way of working behind the scenes um going up a level to yosed Changing things around. And then what we receive when we're back in the real world comes to us as if through fortune, as if through fate. Yeah. So this is. And fortune itself yeah. is kind of like that, like all
1: things are possible, all things can change. Yeah. Right. Causing change in conformity with
0: will. Right. Isn't it uh, something that people say of the tree is that the things that are thought of or dreamt in the world above Are the reality of the world below. So, what is dreamt up in Briah becomes a reality in Yitzhak. You know, and same thing with Yesod. You know, what's dreamt up in Yesod becomes reality in Malkut. That relationship between the wish and the reality is kind of happening right in this card. One thing I read about
1: Yesod that I thought was really cool in relation to this card, it talked, it called Yesod itself the Holy Grail. And it said that it was the point of fusion between planes where a receptacle is made in lower consciousness that can serve as a container or giver of form to the forces of higher consciousness. Hmm. Because, you know, you so does that point between Malku and the rest of the tree. And it is that astral plane where magic can happen. So yeah. it, it's it's the grail itself that can contain those higher consciousness forms and give them shape yeah i thought that was cool
0: as if everything is funneled into there so this is interesting because we all often call this card the card of wishes but that is originally a cardomantic interpretation i think so in uh in playing card nomenclature. They actually do call the nine of hearts the card of wishes. And like, you know, all hearts, all cups, they're deemed to be fairly fortunate, generally favorable, even the five to some extent, they call that a fat sorrow, you know, a sorrow that also brings you good things. So, you know, in general, the suit of cups is considered to be uh, fortunate and this card the most fortunate of all. Etea called this the card of victory. So we think of that as six of wands, but many people consider the nine of cups to be the card of victory. Um, it says, this card is always of good omen for men of war, soldiers. It announces a great advantage over your enemies. And if it's reversed, it predicts a success in business. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and loyalty in those in your employees. <laughs> And you know, actually, if you look at the weight description, he actually says it's a good augury for military men, but he's borrowing from ateya there in the in the Deccan imagery, there's definitely a little bit of a slightly negative connotation in the sense that there's a, there's a little bit of arrogance or smugness. Yeah, to it. well,
1: that's you know this card almost never means anything bad, but the only thing I've ever seen that it could be is some conceit.
0: Yeah. Is there a virtue and vice of Yisod that's appropriate? Yeah. The virtue is
1: independence Mm -hmm. and the vice is idleness. Oh, okay. Which makes sense, (laughs) right?
0: Right. Right. Just taking your your good things for granted, your blessings for granted.
1: But it says that even if um, there's conceit that the person is still kind, high-minded, and generous.
0: Right. Even if they're somewhat smug. Exactly. So the actual image from the Picatrix is a man upside down with his head below and his feet raised up. The hanged man. Yeah, right. Exactly. And in his hand is a tray from which the food has been eaten. So that's interesting. There's definitely an enjoyment of life Quality. Mm -hmm. I was just looking up in Picatrix about some of the qualities of the moon, and they specifically talk about appetite, about, you know, literal appetite for good food being something that you associate with the moon, as well as journeys and travel and safe passage, that kind of thing. There's supposed to be great reward uh, as a signification of this image, uh, strong will in things that are high, serious, and thoughtful, mm-hmm. as well as self-praise. So there's the sort of uh, self-satisfaction aspect that goes into this. In Agrippa, he says it's a, a woman of good countenance and well-adorned. Um, and again, there's a little bit of, uh, in the signification, there's a little bit of smugness or arrogance going on to desire and put oneself on about high and great matters. Mm-hmm. So although, you know, we don't see too much of that, in the modern interpretations, I know that in book T, they do say something about, about vanity. Vanity, but still being good at heart. Yeah. It, it
1: mentions, I think, uh, popularity and, and rich living, but also having a social conscience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A good, generous nature, but maybe foolish. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about the Falstaff analogy when we get to the yeah. rider smith card. Yeah. And I think that idea, high, serious, and thoughtful, that I think has something to do maybe with the qualities of Jupiter, the interest in larger things, and philosophy, well, yeah. belief systems, why things are the way they are, asking the big questions in life, sort of striving for the why's, the, I mean, the question why, and trying to come up with answers. Well, the other thing, and this is—I just want to foreshadow this a little bit—is that there can be an element of subterfuge as well with this card. It's there's no intimation of danger, but uh, but there's but there's definitely a quality of not revealing everything. All right.
1: So that makes sense in a way as, as fish are under the ocean, you know, they're, right. they're they don't come right. up very often. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think in general with interactions with fortune, much is hidden, right? It's sort of like you, you hope for luck, but until it happens, it's all a secret. All right. Spin the <laughs> wheel and see what you get. Right. And maybe that makes actually a good segue into the rider weight nine of cups where you see the arch uh, behind the guy, which is, covered. It's like a banquet table that you can't see behind. So that you don't know what's behind there. And I, I know that, uh, actually Marcus and Tally have, they like to alter the cards sometimes to sort of play games with them. And and they actually use that uh, backdrop as a. Theater curtain, you know, for a what's behind.
1: We take what's behind <laughs> curtain number
0: one, two, or three. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Wheel of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you got that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Yep>, for sure. <laughs> Children of the 70s. So here we have the guy who is dressed in his long robes. He's a portly fellow, and his red hat likes and his feather good food. likes his good food. Exactly. Um, he's got nine glasses of wine behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's running out here. Yeah. Yeah. And he's said to be a figure of Falstaff, who, of course, was the portly advisor to Prince Hal in uh, Henry the Fourth. IV. His history was being the page to the Duke of Norfolk. Uh, so a, a figure who was always around wealth and privilege, who essentially indulged himself at every opportunity. (laughs) So, Waite said of this figure, "'A goodly personage has feasted to his heart's content.'" Abundant refreshment seems to indicate the future is assured, and this is again one of those red feather cards. Yeah, I was yeah. noticing that and wondering if it brought in the fool a little bit. The fool, yeah. and also the sun card, yep. right? Because the right. sun's got the, the sun, kid chi- with the sun the child, birth.
1: right? Which right. makes sense because you know Yiso does have that direct line
0: to Tifereth, right? The sphere of the sun. And I think whenever we see the red feather that's indicative of life buoyed aloft, you know, uh, life floating on um floating on and fortune. And it's a particularly full. Yeah. Full and
1: fluffy red feather here. <laughs> yeah.
0: As if, you know, and the fact that it's on his head, that means this is this is the thing he's thinking about. This is the thing that is most important to him that the enjoyment of life is foremost on his mind.
1: Yeah, when you see this guy, he definitely to me looks like a successful merchant.
0: Yeah. And that not only is he enjoying success, he's performing success. Because if you look at the way he's sitting, there's sort of like a, you know, about to break out into a Cossack dance, like, definitely, <laughs> yeah. like, check me out, <laughs> yeah. you know, he yeah. wants to be noticed. Yep. His fatness, he's exaggerating with his posture. Yeah, that's you know. Jupiter, exaggeration, mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And there's... And popularity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, he sees himself as being on a stage. This is, he's self-conscious, uh, but in a positive, uh, healthy ego kind of a way. The, the arch of the cups also, I think, is associated with two things. And we'll talk about the geomantic figure more when we get to the thought card, but it's an arch-shaped geomantic figure. And also that arch is, Uh, connected to the rainbow of the ten of cups. So when we see the nine of cups with those, that figure, that formation of the arch behind him, it's almost as though that is going to transform in the ten to the, to the rainbow arch overhead.
1: Yeah. And there's something
0: about archways as
1: being kind of triumphal. Yeah. And the way it points to the sky as Mm. well. Then he's, he's kind of like half perched on this very solid looking bench. Yeah. Which kinda of made me think of Yesod as the foundation.
0: Yeah. The idea that um everything is based there. Yeah, the yeah. whole tree is kinda of held up. And his feet are solidly planted on the ground at the mm. same time. So you know, maybe that's a reference to the way the the good things can be funneled through Yesod into Happiness almost perfect is what they yeah. say in the Golden Dawn. Right? Yeah. I mean
1: nothing can achieve perfection right but this is as close as you can get
0: that's right because once you've achieved the thing then you're in satiety then you're at the point where it's almost overripe, right there has to be that quality of a little bit of anticipation for it to be perfect so it's like the emotional perfection you know you're going to get it depends on it not quite being complete yeah right and that's the that's the perfect moment Just looking at the cards themselves and the relationship to the major arcana, the Wheel of Fortune and the Moon, it really picks up, the Nine of Cups card in Rider-Waite-Smith really picks up on the colors of the moon, I think, that bright yellow and the blue. Although the the yellow Mm -hmm. is
1: really a solar color as well. Yeah,
0: it is. And the blue is the Jupiterian influence, Mm -hmm. right? And then the red of life. Right. You can imagine the roundness of the cups as being part of, you know, that top part of the wheel as you're rounding yeah, the bend Yeah, you're, you're at the top. When yeah, sort of like when you're when the, at the Six top. of Wands. Yeah, know? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's wearing a white robe, which makes me think of mm. Keter. Mm-hmm. You know, and Esod is on that middle pillar through, connected to uh, Tifereth mm-hmm. and Kether, And you could think of this almost as, you know, this lock is a sort of divine grace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The reflected light of the moon reflects the divine grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Reflecting the sun mm-hmm. and what's beyond. Mm-hmm. And what's beyond. Yeah. The pure light of Keter. Yeah. I mean, maybe the idea that because he's clothed in white, it's not like he's, this is not a story about inherent virtue. It's about received or reflected virtue. All right. So um, onwards to the to Lady Frida's card, the very beautiful, it very is purple. Gore- it is go-
1: gorgeously uh, stylistic.
0: Yeah, you know, and we always look in thought about, like, what's the status of the flowers?
1: Every cup has a flower, Every and cup a flower for every cup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're all overflowing. There's yeah. plenty for everybody. Right, and
1: it's golden, golden you know the flowers are golden the the, yeah. the waters are golden the stems are golden and the other thing that strikes me is that notice how like the the cups and the whole picture is like crowded to the edge of the frame mm-hmm. every bit that can be filled is filled it's as expansive as it can be yeah yeah And the colors are just beautiful—the beautiful purples and golds. Yeah, very regal. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a Jupiter thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, picking up on the wheel colors. You know, the royal purple of an emperor. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not the not the emperor, but the idea of Jupiter as the king. You know, the Zeus. Right,
0: right, right. This is almost a Tyrian purple, what she's got going on here. And that kind of
1: reminds me of what uh, Crowley said of this card. He said, the wine is poured by Ganymede himself,
0: (laughs) the nectar
1: nectar of the gods. (laughs) Yes, Ganymede, the cupbearer, was a young hero of Troy who uh, was so absolutely beautiful that Zeus himself... And, and Zeus is Jupiter, as we mm-hmm. know, so brings Jupiter back mm-hmm. in. Uh, Zeus himself fell in love with him and abducted him because he was just so physically beautiful. He made him immortal, which is, Zeus didn't often make his, his lovers or his infatuations immortal. Right. So that was a right. very rare honor. Mm-hmm. He made him immortal and made him the cupbearer of the gods. So he got to pour the wine, right. the nectar, the ambrosia in Mount Olympus and yeah. serve,
0: serve it, serve it to the gods. Talk about your wish come true i mean it's a lot better than like being made into a constellation or a tree well, actually he was he
1: was, he was <laughs> made into too. a constellation he was made into the constellation aquarius the Oh, wa- okay that's the him, water the bearer. bearer of course and so then yeah. that again that ties in the idea of this connection between the constellations of aquarius and pisces as the 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 water bearer aquarius is pouring like we talked in the last mm-hmm. episode it, mm-hmm. the water bearer is pouring the water into the mouth of the fish.
0: He talks about sort of how the, and this is something nice that Crowley does, he often talks about how the the Sephira works out in the planetary and Sephira combinations. Like he says that the card restores stability lost by the excursions into Netzach and Hode from the middle pillar. So this is like where we have that balance restored yeah. by going back into Yesod in the middle yep. pillar. He calls it the culmination and perfection of the original force of water in its highest material manifestation. That's a little bit orotund, but it is just like, you know, Water doing the best it can in everything yeah. that you can uh, hope for. And he said that also uh, that Chesed represents water in its highest material manifestation. So I guess the idea that after the supernals, you have the world of Bria, which is the world of water, and that's where Chesed the uh, jupiter right jupiter influence. right right is the uh, jupiter has is the is oh, the highest of that this isn't mm-hmm.
1: this is just going back to the ganymede thing that's mm-hmm. also the name of one of the moons of jupiter
0: all uh, right right so you have that yeah. jupiter ganymede relationship yeah. right in there yeah. right true wisdom self-fulfilled and perfect happiness mm. so he also says and Again, there's this frustrating thing of him not having assigned geomantic figures to everything, but, uh, but this is associated with Lytitia, the, uh, the geomantic figure meaning happiness. And that makes sense because it's also associated with Jupiter specifically in Pisces. So, um, Jupiter in Sagittarius is acquisitio, where it's Jupiter direct, whereas this is supposed to be Jupiter retrograde. I don't know about the retrograde, but, but this is,
1: literally supposed
0: to be the, the most fortunate. Or Jupiter as the nocturnal
1: dignity. Nocturnal dignity, than, than right. That, yeah.
0: And we think of Jupiter as being the insect. Jupiter is the benefic of the day chart, not the night chart. But the thing about Lititia is that, you know, that translates as happy or laughing or bearded, which <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, right, you know, funny. because of Jupiter, Jupiter I guess, yeah. that sort of kingly...
1: Chin hairs of Zeus. (laughs) By the
0: chin hairs of Zeus. Uh, The Greeks called this anopheres, which means bearing up. So you can see it in the shape, that sort of like lifting quality, that lifting up into the air, elevating like a column of, you know, hot, moist air. And that, that shape of the arch is something that we see, you know, in the spilling from the cups. Uh, in the thought card, as well, yeah, was sort of you do the see these
1: cards. archways.
0: Mm-hmm. look, there's many archways in mm-hmm. there, and the arch as uh a form so stable it needs no mortar, right? The stable deccan of the mutable
1: sign. and the purple colors in the card are kind of a Dionysian
0: thing for sure, yeah, yeah. that
1: kind of revelry.
0: yeah, this is a definitely a card of wine and festivity.
1: Yeah, wine is like a celebratory thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So looking at the uh, Thoth's fortune and moon cards, I mean, there's some sort of relationship of the fortune card in terms of color, but it doesn't look a great deal like either one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it looks more like the fortune card because of the similarity of colors.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's also actually if you look at the fortune card the lightning that's coming down on either side that has sort of an arch formation yeah kind as of as well that sort of echoed in the uh the light spilling from the cups in the nine of cups
1: and there's also that arch at the top of the moon card see mm-hmm. that arch between yeah. the two towers and it kind of echoes the arch in the nine of cups yeah
0: it's almost like a mirror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to sort of bring in at guess at this one cuz I can't think of any other better point to do it, the um, so in thirty six faces, Austin talks about this as the net, you know, uh, as the, capturing the fish. The, yeah, right? I was just
1: about to say the net where you where the fisherman captures the talking wish granting fish. <laughs> right, right,
0: right, right. So you have this like perfect matrix of nine cups, you know, capturing the blessings being thrown off by the wheel into the sea of the moon. <laughs> um, but he also brings up. Apparently in thirty six Heirs of the Zodiac, which is a Hellenistic text I have been unable to unearth and I would like to because there's a lot of great stuff in it, apparently, this Deccan is associated with Dolos, the diamond or the spirit of trickery. Dolos was in depending on which text you look at, was either the child of Gaia and Aether, uh, so Earth and Air Yeah or Erebus and Nyx. So like Two forms of dar- darkness yeah, and night, night. right? Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and Dolus apprenticed with Prometheus. So, this is the story in Prometheus Bound that Dolus, uh, when he was apprenticing with Prometheus, he was, uh, so taken with um, Prometheus's work. Prometheus was creating the statue of Alethea, truth. Beautiful goddess, and when the master is away, the apprentice will play, so Prometheus, in his absence, Dolos took some clay and tried to make a statue just like Alethea, but he ran out of clay, so she had no feet. Now, how he got her to stand without feet, I don't know, but he ran out of clay, and Prometheus walked in, and rather than being angry, he was actually quite taken with how good an artifice the god of trickery you know had made of his truthfulness, but you could always tell because she had no feet. When when the statues were given life, she stumbled and she was called falsehood, pseudologos. So the statue would stumble and that's how you could distinguish her from Alethea. But I just thought that was so evocative because the feet and Pisces, right? Pisces right. Is, rules over the feet. And this is this is the Deccan in which you learn to distinguish truth from falsehood through the stumbling or sure-footedness yeah, yeah, and Pisces, the sign itself, has a lot to
1: do with discerning truth from illusion. Yeah,
0: we think of the moon as a creator of illusions, and also Neptune, you know, who is the modern ruler of truth Pisces. Truth can be slippery, just like a fish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just thought. I couldn't think of where else to put that, so I'm just putting it there. Perfect. Um, so shall we move on to your card? Sure. Oh boy, oh, there's a lot of this. stuff. This is so great. They so jam packed <laughs> with good stuff. <laughs> so much from the fortune cards. Yeah. So um, yeah. the three creatures
1: from the fortune card are mm-hmm. are showing up in in this card. So you have the ring tailed lemur wearing his lunar crescent crown, and that's. You know, maybe you sewed there with the lunar mm-hmm. crescent. Then you have the owl, the three-eyed owl with his crown, which is more of a Jupiterian style crown. And then you have the hand serpent, which in this case is now holding the large half of the wishbone, <laughs> uh, showing that, you know, you win. You win. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure everybody knows the tradition about breaking mm-hmm. a wishbone, and if you get the big half, you get your wish. In the uh, British Isles, it was called the Merry Thought. Really? Um, yeah, the cu- The yeah. custom of breaking a wishbone is really old, and it goes back to Roman times, and the earliest is from the British Isles where that's what they called it, mm-hmm. which makes sense. You know, getting mm-hmm. your wish is a Merry Thought. Yeah. Then we've got uh, several kinds of cups here. So the um, two in the front – the the curvy ones, mm-hmm. the, the larger kind mm-hmm. of horn-shaped ones, were called rhytons, And that comes... Oh, what, how do you spell that? I'm interested. R-H-Y-T-O-N. Okay. Not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how you spell it. <laughs> yeah. That's from a Greek word that means from the flowing. Yes, that makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Um mm-hmm. And they were used for ceremonial offerings. But then the cups above are a type of cup called a maser, a Northern European thing that was used for um, celebrations and given out as prizes. And they usually (laughs) had an, an inscription around the edge that was something to do with the bacchanalia. But these cups also in Greece were called achylics. And those cups had, when you'd finished drinking out of them, the bowls, I guess you'd mm-hmm. call them rather than a cup, when you mm-hmm. finished drinking out of them, at the bottom, there was a scene to surprise you, and they were <laughs> often of a humorous or sexual nature. <laughs> and uh, they were, you know, used in festivals and uh, at the symposium, which was a, a drinking party of uh, discourse.
0: So so when you were doing the cup suit, did you kind of look up all different kinds Kinds of cups? Yeah, actually mm-hmm. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you do that for all the other uh, suits as well? Look up, you know, all different kinds of swords? Not necessarily. Yeah, because it's different. At, at
1: times, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: there was a few swords cards where the
1: different types of swords were important, and one of them was the um, the seven of swords. Mm-hmm. The types mm-hmm. of swords were specific to the card in that case. Neat.
0: Yeah, so, and I sp- I think it would be especially, it would matter more in cups and swords, which are really made objects In the way that wands aren't. I mean, and discs are, but it's different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then we have the fish. And so Mm -hmm. the two fish in the center of the card are- Forming Pisces. uh, Are forming the glyph of Pisces. They're Mm kind of connected in the middle and they're next to each other, one going up and one going down. The waves at the bottom of the card, I wanted to give them just the impression of dancing. You know, that, that- They look like happy little waves to me. They don't look foreboding or, uh, you know, or churning. They just look dancing and happy.
0: They look, you know, kind of like stylized in the Japanese-style hook side waves. Yeah, I'm a huge fan, so yeah, I I, I borrowed
1: his lovely uh, stylistic waves uh, because I'm a big fan. Uh, Were they particular kind of fish? Ah, yeah. Are they? Hmm, I forget now. (laughs) Were they koi fish? Maybe. Mm. Or goldfish.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Not sure. But... Um,
0: which would represent wealth.
1: Yep. There's a total of nine of them, which that's the... Oh, really? Yep. There's nine fish on the card in total. Oh, um, yeah. So there's one for each cup. Mm-hmm. And in feng shui, nine is the luckiest number of fish to keep in your pond or your fish tank. Um, yeah. It's supposed to bring good fortune if you have nine fish.
0: Yeah, and that you know fish in a cup thing of course reminds me of the page of princess of cups you yep. know, where you always have the fish in a cup and who can be either a vision or a dream or a wish mm-hmm. you know and also it looks as though so you must have deliberately have them in sort of a tree of life formation minus malkut yeah mm-hmm.
1: kind of like the wish bones in the position of malkut so the, yeah. the wish has been brought down to the material plane okay that's great
0: <laughs> That's great, yeah. And I like the idea of bone as being a Malkut thing, you know, because bone being very Saturnine yeah. and very much of yeah, the body. Structure, yeah, yeah, the
1: structure of the body, yeah. That That's makes cool. sense. Was that on purpose?
0: <laughs> Everything's on
1: purpose on some <laughs> level, whether <laughs> on you're purpose aware by of accident. it or not. <laughs> whose purpose? Now, who's to say whose purpose it was? Because the muse sometimes has its own purpose.
0: <laughs> Always.
1: Oh, and the colors. I yeah. suppose this is the time for the colors. Oh, yes.
0: And you can really see a nice blend of your moon and fortune cards, I think. Especially the fortune one.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of Jupiter colors. So we've got the uh, the main color of the card, which is violet um, for the queen scale of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the colors of the moon card, which are crimson, buff flecked, silver white, light trans parent, pinkish brown and stone. And you can see those colors in the fish, actually. And if you look, the rest of the card is in the colors of Jupiter, which again, violet, purple tinged blue, bright purple, and blue rayed yellow. Oh, okay, where's the blue ray, yellow? The cups have the they're they're okay. the bright blue with the yellow banding. Oh, the yes. yellow banding serves as the the rays. Yeah, a lot my of times, printout was black and A white lot of times time when I was painting these cards, you know, with the raid and flecked colors, sometimes they're more hinted at than you know directly mm-hmm. like streaking something. So yeah. for the blue rayed yellow, I put the yellow bands on the blue cups. Yeah rather yeah. than, you know, taking something and streaking it. Yeah. Artistically,
0: yeah. It, it isn't always a good idea to, to right. do that. And such a contrast between, you know, the fullness of these cups and the previous card, the Eight of Cups, where, you, you know, they were not capable of holding anything. <laughs> yeah. The cups, you know, the, the water's
1: coming out of the mouths of the two fish at the top. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I like the arch, there's the archway shapes of the waters there too Mm -hmm. that we were talking Mm -hmm. about. So you see that there's like three three main arches in the card.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, both in your card and in the Thoth card, there's sort of a weaving together, which makes me think of sort of the fabric of fortune in a way, you know, a matrix of interconnected between all of the cups. What about moon influences? On this card
1: well the moon influences
0: are the fish Mm -hmm. for pisces yeah
1: so yeah there's a lot more jupiter than moon in the card but Mm -hmm. since the moon is the card of pisces there's a heck of a lot of fish in here i figured that was good enough yeah plus the owl itself is you know a lunar creature which that's Mm -hmm. appropriate for the jupiter card as well
0: Mm -hmm. and it is a double jupiter Card after yep.
1: all. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be why so much Jupiter yeah. comes through in this. In this. <laughs> Plus,
0: you're Jupiterian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Practical applications?
1: You know, I'm always happy to see this card, but mm-hmm. it really does and has several times predicted your desire coming true, your wish coming true. Wow. More than once. I've gotten this card and it's and it's to me I I immediately was like yep you're going to get your wish and then I just knew that that thing was going to happen and every time I've gotten this card it has never failed me and when I've gotten it wow. I've gotten that wish
0: how great do you remember any specific examples of what you wished for? I do, but I don't want to talk okay. about them on air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, it is yeah.
1: very reliable.
0: I haven't had that so much. Um, for me, it's more getting to do something I really enjoy. You know, which is rare enough, you know, as I've been chronicling these things, it's usually like a litany of, oh, I'm exhausted, oh, I'm doing too much, blah, blah, blah. blah." (laughs) But, you know, literally, I was really surprised to see the consistency of how much happiness and good fortune and, like, enjoyable things were going on uh, with this card. And he, everything from just kids not fighting to, um, you know, making, literally making cookies <laughs> or getting to go to an excursion somewhere, go visit a museum, go swim in the river, go listen to music, you know, for as long as I wanted. I had a Cole Porter Fest one day when I got this beautiful full moons, just very pleasant experiences and just giving into them, you know, rather than trying to fight it or say, well, I haven't deserved this yet or earned it. Just going with it. Going with the flows. I often tell people when I see this card in readings outside there in the world, I'll say that you know, this card represents the wish itself rather than the fulfillment of it, but I feel like I can go a little bit further with it. I think I've it's seen okay. I it fulfillment yeah. of it.
1: You know, this card is interesting because with the, the three of cups abundance, there's that little bit of warning, like, okay, enjoy it while it lasts. Mm-hmm. With this one, it's just like, here, you're going to get it handed to you. Yeah, just don't get a fat head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't tell you enjoy it while it's last. It might go away. It just yeah. says, yes,
0: you get your wish. Here you go. Here you go. Yep. Card of wishes. Oh, and I've also gotten this uh, days when it thunderstorms, Jupiter, is Jupiter yeah. and rain and stuff, Zeus throwing he,
1: his thunderbolts. Yeah,
0: for more like spitting rain type things, I get the Three of Swords just because it's just the way it looks in Rider-Waite Smith, and somehow that lodged into my myth making machine. But but this one's good for thunderstorms, which I really enjoy personally. <laughs> I do too. They're refreshing. <laughs> they are. Now we can sum it up then. Okay, all right. So the themes we've talked about for this card. Enjoying the good life. The luck associated with fortune and the moon. Lytitia, the geomantic figure indicating happiness. Almost perfect pleasure. True wisdom self-fulfilled in perfect
1: happiness. Popularity, rich living, and a social conscience. Feasting and refreshment. The holy grail as... The receptacle of Yisod, where higher consciousness is given form.
0: The magic behind the curtain, leading to reality in this world. The fisherman's net that
1: captures the wish-granting fishes.
0: (laughs) The wish-granting talking fishes.
1: (laughs) The double Jupiter. The thunderstorm. Ganymede, the cupbearer of the gods, pouring the nectar and ambrosia.
0: Falstaff, indulging in... Wine, women, and song. The successful merchant. Dolos, the diamond of trickery. Um, The difference between truth and falsehood. The merry thought, or the big half of the wishbone.
1: Mazers, rightons, and kylix.
0: Celebratory (laughs) cups. Arches and arched columns, foreshadowing the rainbow. The twin fish. The stability restored on the middle pillar. Water in its highest material manifestation. Yeah, the hanged man as the water of the grail. Our cups runneth over. Yes, they do. (laughs) All righty. Okay, so that has been uh, the very delightful Nine of Cups. Almost sorry to say goodbye to it. (laughs) We will be back next week with the tilting and spilling, overflowing Ten of Cups. And... That's our show for today. You can find us, as always, at our online home, www.patreon.com slash fortuneswheelhouse. But there are also a number of other places you can find me and Mel on the Internet. All of Mel's books and decks can be found at www.tarocart. Com. So that's your first stop. If you want to find anything related to the Rosetta tarot or the Tabula Mundi tarot, that's also where you'll find the adorable new pocket-sized decks, as well as signed and matted prints of her artwork. As for me, my book... Tarot Correspondences, Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers. It's coming out from Llewellyn and is available for pre-order online at Amazon Book Depository and more. I also have a shop on Etsy where I sell the one and only trademarked Arcana case in lavish silks, brocades, and esoteric prints, as well as my Zodiac perfumes. Perfumes for the next month's sun signs are always on sale at the year's lowest price. All of that is at www.etsy.com slash tarotista and if you'd like your very own fortune's wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug we have those too you can find them at our red bubble shop the address for that is redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse 93 slash shop go on get yourself something you know you deserve it happy shopping to all you heroes of the astral plane We so appreciate your support.